Okay, so tonight we're going to be learning the Osnun and Sefer Reish Milin from Rav Avram Yitzchak Akoin Cooks, Chosei Now, the Osnun is, is, in a certain sense, a letter of Elul, because as we're going to see, the Osnun is very much associated with the seer of Bina, which we discussed a little bit in Oschaf, although in Oschaf we were talking about Bina and its relationship with Keser, which was the sugya of tshuva and hamtana and waiting for something that cannot arrive at the present moment. By the Osnun, it's going to be more bina unto itself. Now, Elul, the Svarim HaKadoshim point out, is Bigmatria bina, Bigmatria 67, because bina in the Zohar, in the Kitbe HaMikubalim that were before the Arizal, as well as the Arizal and Bali Hasidus, Bina is associated with the world of tshuva, alma de tshuva, alma de chiru, as the Zohar HaKadosh describes it, the world of freedom, where there's dror, hanikra b'chol ha'aretz, where there's, at the 50th level of Bina, again, associated with the Osnun, there's a certain freedom that descends onto individuals who are stuck within the artziyut. Now, as we're going to see, Nun and Chaf are going to be connected in the sense that both of them are darche tshuva, both of them are associated with the Sira of Bina. Before we start with the words of Rav Kook, I want to give a Hakdama and a Makor with regards to what we're going to be discussing when we discuss Bina. Because Bina is a unique Sira in the sense that it's part of the Gimel Ration, it's part of the Mochin, it's part of the transcendent part of the Svirot of Chachma, Bina, and Das, or Keser, Chachma, and Bina, however you choose to count it. But at the same point, Bina is the mother, if you will, described in terms of the partsufim, as we discussed in Osvav, described as the parts of Ima. That Bina, understanding, is always going to be associated with the feminine principle, with a certain aspect of receptivity or even giving birth. And Bina is described in various Mikubalim, explicitly in the Ramak and Sefer Ilim Arabasi, that Bina is the womb of the world. Bina gives birth to the Sheva Midos HaTachtonos. It gives birth to the seven spheros, Chesed, Gura, Tveras, Netzachod, Yesod, and Malchus, that constitute and shape the Sheva Yemei Habinyan, the seven days of reality, um, the world as we understand it in its whole nature. We're told that the world will exist for Shis Alfe Shanim for 6,000 millennia. And then at the seventh millennia, there's going to be a Chad Charuv, according to Chazal and Sanhedrin. And the way the Gra understands this in Safar Nusa is that that Chad Charuv is the Aliyah, the return back to the womb. It's the return back to that primordial state of oceanic safety and a removal from all anxiety, a freedom from all the anxieties of the seven days of the week, and it's a return back to Bina, back to Aim Habanim Smecha, the joyous mother of the children. Now, for this reason, Bina has to, on a certain level, operate within a liminal space, meaning that it has to connect the transcendent realm of the Mochin, the removed and holy, sanctified space of consciousness and its purity, and connect it to the degradated state of existence, to the degradation of the seven days of the week, to the fallenness of the seven siros hatachtonos, like we discussed in Osches, which were affected by the shiros hakelim. And therefore, in order to bridge the mochen and the midos, Bina has to, on a certain level, occupy a liminal space where it contains within itself two opposites, on the one hand associated with the mochin, and on the other hand associated with that which is broken. And therefore we find in the Zohar HaKadosh that 
Bina, the name that we associate with Bina, is the name of Havaya, the four-letter name of Hashem, which is representative of Rachamim and Chesed and expression, very much connected to the Gimel Mochin, very much connected to that transcendent level of conscious awareness of godliness. Yet the Nekudos, the vowelization, that allows us to read the Shem Havaya as it's associated in the Sirah of Bina are going to be the Nekudos of the Shem Elokim. Elokim, as we're going to see later on, is associated with judgment and din and gvura and limitation. So on the one hand, Bina is the name of Hashem in its pure merciful form, in the Rachamim of it all, yet at the same point, it's reading and its vowelization, which is for the hearer or for the reader themselves, already beckons us to a certain severity of the Nekudos of the Shem Elokim, because Bina is the source of the Dinim. It's where limitation finds its manifestation, where limitation comes into fruition, where the Midos that represent the fallen reality of existence come into being from within the womb of, of Bina. When we talk about Hamtaka Sadinim Bisharashim, the sweetening of the judgments in their root, what we mean and what Sadiqim mean is that by recognizing that all Gvura, all of the seven spheros that constitute the brokenness of reality, they are rooted in Bina. They are rooted in the world of Chirus. They are rooted in the world of freedom. They are rooted in the transcendental and supernal clarity and purification of the mikvah of Bina. And therefore, when we recognize the source of the Gvuros, where they come from, we recognize that the Gvuros are born from Bina itself, and we return them back to there, when we recognize that all severity that we experience, whether on a personal or collective or universal level, down to the most minute form of suffering, as Chazal described to us, that we elevate it back to its source and we're mantic it, we sweeten it. We don't negate the pain, but we recognize that within that pain, there's a certain vestige of its original rootedness in Bina. Now, for Rav Kook, as we're going to see, Bina can be understood on an ontological level as well as an epistemological level. On an ontological level, meaning vis-a-vis the creation of the worlds, Bina represents this transition from the supernal realm of the Gimel Mochen, that which remains transcendent, into imminence, into that which can be grasped, into something that can be identified in words. The Zohar HaKadosh and Tzachdama talks about Bina as the question of me, as the question of who is it that we're talking about. And although we still don't have an answer, the Zohar says it's not an answerable question. At the same level, it's the ability to question. Bina is the opening of questioning. It's where we begin to have a hasaga of something that is removed from us. Now, Bina can be understood as the transition from infinitude on a certain level into limitation. But the way Rav Cook is going to have us understand this is that Bina is also a remarkably unique space within the conscious thinking individual where we transition from the unlimited consciousness of a thing in its ideal state, devoid of any particularity, and we move into the particularization of things, where we begin to break up ideas. Chazal, as we said so often before, described Bina as hamevin davar mitoch davar, the capacity to understand one thing from its other. That Bina and the Osnun are representative of separation that allows for differentiation and the specificity of existence. Bina and the Osnun are the emergence of particularity. And that's why the Osnun cannot be understood without the contextualization of last week's letter, the Osmem. 
as we said by the Osmem, the Mem represented this oceanic klaliyut of Chachma. It represented everything in its unified flow where we had no ability to differentiate or identify one thing from the other where we couldn't describe anything because we were submerged and saturated with the flowing waters of the Mem, of the Tchunat HaMemi, as Rav Kook called it, the Mayim Adirim Mishverayam, where everything, as it stands at the ready to be expressed after the second stage of the Aleph Bey starts, like Mem to Taf, that Mem was the Klaliyut HaKol. Everything remained in its generalized and universal form by the Os Mem. The osnun is going to be the emergence of particularity from within the klaliyut and the waters, the general waters of the osmem. So nun is the emergence of the rivers, the particular pathways of water, or as we're going to see in the name of Rav Kook in a profoundly brilliant way of interpreting it, that nun, which is the Aramaic term for fish, that the Os Nun represents the emergence of particular existence from within the generalized form of water, the formlessness of water, really, that fishes and oceanic life now begin to take shape. Now there can be room, after the transition from the Os Mem to the Os Nun, there can be an emergence of individualistic and particularity within that oceanic sense. Now, the miracle of Bina, as we're going to see, is that even though particularity emerges and even though different parts emerge and the particular identities of the fishes and each and every soul and the nun share bina, the 50 particularized gates of bina, which is a general number which represents particularity to its fullest in the name of Chazal, as the Maharal describes, that even though we descend into particularity, it only serves, and this is the klal hagadol that we've seen in Reish Milan until now, the descent into particularity only serves to augment and to actualize and to reinvigor the klal with a greater sense of ferocity and intensity. That the descent into particularity, which is representative of gura and brokenness and difficulty, is only there in order to adorn the perfection that existed before the descent into particularity. That the koyach hagvul, the capacity of limitation, the tzimtzum, the shvira, every letter which we've described until now in the Aleph base in its wholeness, is simply there for this descent into particularity in order to disclose after the fact a greater level of infinitude that contains within its light not only the general universal concepts but also the particular parts that at first glance appear to be devoid of generality and devoid of the or haklaliyut. Now just to kind of bring this idea home in a, in a very profound way I want to read very quickly from Sefer HaTcheles, the Chelek of Ein Tcheles, Ein HaTcheles. Now this is a Sefer written by Rav Gershah Hanach of Radzin, the Soda Yisharim, the son of the Beis Yaakov, grandson of the Ishbitzer Rebbe. Now Rav Gershah Hanach was Meshuga for Tcheles, for the mitzvah of Tcheles, because Tcheles again is Merumas to the Indian of Tachlis, of the end purpose, the teleological end of things. And Ishbitz, as anybody who reads their Svarim, or the Svarim of the, the main disciple on a certain level, Rav Tzaduk, whose yard said it is tonight, I understands that Ishbitz spoke on a certain level post-redemption, that Ishbitz in their questioning of Yediya and Bechira, of foreknowledge and choice, and the questions of culpability of sin when a person penetrates into the deepest levels of the unconscious of the individual, Ishbitz was already speaking at a level post-redemption. 
sort of the orhoser of what will happen and what we will taste in the future. Now, this is clear from the minhag of Ishbitz Radzin as well, to drink the fifth coast of Eliyahu by Leil HaSeder, which was representative of the coast of the Hevesi, and I was brought into Eretz Yisrael, representative of Ke'ula. But nevertheless, the Sod Yisharim of Tzadok and the Tzadike Radzin and Lublin spoke very much about Bina and the necessity of understanding this descent into particularity, which at first glance appears as a degradation of things, but really in truth is an elevation and an amplification of things. So I'm reading from Daf Tuf Chaf Gimel in this very beautiful Sefer, which although it's mostly a halachic Sefer, contains within itself in Savrashi certain Ramazan that are not found in the other Svarim. So he says as follows. He says, V'ima, and the parts of Ima, the parts of Bina, the concept of understanding, Romez Lamakom Bina Bisharasho. It's representative of Bina in its root. The Inyan Midas Habina. And what is the concept of Bina? Lahavin Davar Mitoch Davar. To understand a part of something from within itself, meaning that we have to differentiate and break the idea into different parts so that there can be a relationship between the different parts of an idea and that we can understand one thing from the other. That as the as there's a quality to Torah that a person is incapable of understanding Torah unless they are actually nichshal, unless they descend away from the clarity of Torah, because bina is a descent away from chachma. The particularization and the emergence of the prat from within the klal and the chachma of the osmem is a descent. Yet at the same point, that's a descent that is necessary for us to properly stand on the words of Torah. That a person cannot understand Torah, that in order to come onto the full manifestation of bina, there has to be a movement away from the klaliyut of chachma. And this is true with tshuva as well, because again, bina is representative of tshuva, that that without this descent away from the pure God-centered activity of the tzaddik, there can be no room for the baal And on a certain level, the baal is capable of drawing godliness down into the world at a more ferocious and intense level than the tzaddik is capable of doing because the Balchuva encounters the pratiyut of existence. The Balchuva has been forced to break and fall into a million little pieces and then to disclose retroactively that in, encased and contained within each of those pieces is the light of the klal. That is the avodah of the Balchuva. And that is the idea that bina, which is representative of tshuva, which is representative of the osnun, is the idea of ein adam omer alehem ele imkein And then here, the Sodi Sharm says a remarkable pshat. The only other place I saw it was in Sarim from Rav Moshe Shapiro, although it wasn't attributed to the Sodi Sharm. But it's known that Rav Moshe Shapiro was... Od Mekushar to the Svarim of Ishbitz and Radzin, in spite of the fact that they weren't quoted so often. And he goes on and says, Kid'isa Bishas Megillah, as it says in Mesechas Megillah, Daf Yud Bezaman Aleph, Mida'amar Binosi Miklaldata'a, that when somebody says, I understand Binosi, we can assume and we can infer from their words that they had originally made a mistake that coming to understand something in its fullness already implies that there was a descent away from that fullness, that there is a descent into particularity, that Bina breaks open and it melts and it falls into a million million little pieces, but that breakage is what allows us to return back to understanding with a more ferocious and intensified level. 
Now, the Os Nun, we see from Chazal in multiple places, and Rav Kook doesn't really come on to this. Rav Kook is very careful uh, when he's discussing the Os Nun not to describe the negative connotations of the Os Nun, the fact that Nun is representative of Nefila, and therefore Chazal and Mesechas Brachos, Tafdalat Amar Aleph, tell us that the Os Nun is not contained within Ashrei, and Rav Kook has a very beautiful perush in, in Ein Ayah with regards to that based on the Ramchal's writings in Adir Bamarom, one of the few places, or at least in his earlier years, Rav Kook's was more prone to identify his sources. What happened after his emergence into Eretz Yisrael is different, but Rav Kook and Enaya on this Agadita about Ashrei and the Nun in Ashrei, it's very clear that he's drawing from sources of the Ramchal and the Leshem Bukhulei. But... Osnun, we're told by Chazal, is representative of Nefila and the Nachash, the snake, the primordial serpent, and areas of the Yetzirah, and it's a dangerous letter. Osnun is not contained with an Ashrei because it's representative of the falling away from the Osmem, the falling away from the unity of Chachma. Yet nevertheless, as we're going to see from Rav Kook, this falling away from the unity of Chachma into the particularity and the Pratiyut of Bina and the Nun Share Bina is what allows us to identify the Klaliyut of Chachma in a much more profound way. Before we go into the words of Rav Kook, what I want to read from right now is an idea from the Mitla Rebbe, the second Rebbe of Lubavitch, um, Rav Dov Ber Shnirsen, Rav Dov Ber Shnuri, who is closest to the Sod Yasharim, is closest to those Tzadikim who found themselves within the severity of things. That the Mitla Rebbe on a certain level is identified with Bina. That Sadiq Chabad always talk about how the fact that the Alter Rebbe, Rav Shner Zalman of the Adi, was identified with the Sira of Chachma. And the Mitla Rebbe, his son, was identified with the Sira of Bina. And that the Tzemach Tzedek was identified with the Sira of Das. Now, the Rebbe, Tzchusei writes in one of his Sichos, that the Mitla Rebbe, more than any other tzaddik in Chabad, was ma'arich. He wrote at, at length. He expresses himself, describing himself and emphasizing his ideas over and over in a lengthy position. And for that reason, the Rebbe said, the Lubavitcher Rebbe used to say, that he was makusher to the Moach of Bina, because Bina is Rehovo Sana'ar. It's the expansion of the rivers that by the Moach of Bina, by Hamevin Davar Mitoch Davar, understanding one thing from another, demands that we penetrate and find ourselves within the fullness of the expression of the Pratiyut, describing everything in its fullness. And therefore the Mitla Rebbe wrote at length in Ba'arichos. And the Rebbe goes on to say that he has a number of svarim called Shari Tshuva, where the Sha'arim, the gates, the concept of gates and the ability to enter into something in various ways and the multiplicity of ways is, again, representative of the idea of Bina. Now, the Mitla Rebbe, we're going to be reading from a sefer called Shar HaYichud, which is the second volume of Shar HaYichud Ve'emunah, um, a title that's taken, obviously, from his father's second or third volume of Tanya, which is Shar HaYichud Ve'emunah. Um, the Mitla Rebbe's Chavrusa, the Avodas Halevi, of Aharon Halevi also wrote a sefer called Shari Yichud Ve'amuna, and he davened for the for the Bala, the Avodas Halevi that he shouldn't fall into a trap of of not understanding Yichud properly. But the Mitla Rebbe here in Shari Yichud is really describing the value of Bina, and I'm going to read it inside because of the profound, in my opinion, and nearly miraculous closeness and and 
really sameness that Rav Kook describes in the Os Mem, on the level of Trenevian misnavnim besagnon echad, that two prophets were speaking in the same language in spite of the fact that they had no relationship with one another. Now the Mittler Rebbe says as follows, and this is in Shar HaYichud, um, and it's on uh, Daf Beis. He says as follows, that Bina, if you want to understand what Bina is, what it is, is the hastaklus hachazaka ba'amkus ha'inyan. It's the penetrating gaze into the depth of the thing. La'amoda lav harbe, to stand on it and truly understand it. Ad she'yavin oso alboryav, b'chol chelkav b'prate pratiyut. In order that a person should understand it in all of its qualities, in all of its particularity, b'prate pratiyut, and in the particularity of its particularity, b'hu b'chinas p'nimiyas habina. And this is the aspect of the interiority of bina, what it truly means to understand something. Hanikra b'lashon ha'gemara b'shem iyun. What the Gemara describes as iyun, as a, a deepening of our understanding, as penetrating into the particularity of the sugya. Like the Gemara in Sukkah says, when discussing whether a person is able to learn Torah in the Sukkah, because the Sukkah is supposed to be a place of, of arayness, of, and the opposite of kvius, the opposite of permeance. It's supposed to be a, a transitory and a transient space. So the Gemara asks, can we learn Torah properly in there? And the Gemara answers, yes, a person can be migros, a person can learn by just reading the words, but they can't be ma'ayin properly. And again, we see from there that iyun is this descent in the particularity of the thing. And the Mittler Rebbe says, and I'm skipping a few lines here, that only through bina can we come onto something called omek rom. Only through bina are we capable of understanding the depth of the heights, which is a very particular way of describing the essence of an idea. And the Mittler Rebbe says as follows, that ad bechinas omek rom kemo hiskabrus hamayim lemala mala bezman hamabul that the omek rom is similar to trying to understand how the waters elevated themselves during the time of the mabul from the bottom upwards to the point that they inundated the earth and the zohar and the mitler Rebbe quotes it in parshas noach which was a messianic zohar which was utilized by the meshiloach and by the leshem and by the rebbe rashab and different sadikim as a year of geula and in spite of the fact that mashiach didn't come that year they had asked the the Rebbe Rashab, why he had made such a big deal out of a certain year of Geula, and the Rebbe Rashab said that it may not have been a collective Geula, but at least I disclosed certain teachings that year, and it was a Geula for me. So the, the year Tough Reish, which was an idea of a messianic year when the lower waters and the higher waters unified, doesn't necessarily mean the emergence of Mashiach as a historical figure, but rather a certain disclosure of Torah in a way that hadn't been disclosed beforehand. And the Mitla Rebbe continues, and he says that, that Chachma, which is representative of the waters, like we saw in the Osmem last week, of everything in its Klalius, everything in its generalized and universal form, at that point it, co- it covers over all particularity. And all of the clouds of the heavens have opened up and water inundates everything. And then the Mittler Rebbe goes on to say, he says, but what is drawn out of the Chachma is the Nahar Hayotzemi Eden. Nahar, as opposed to the, the ocean of Chachma, 
The river is associated with Bina because that's a particular manifestation of water. Shehabina nikra nahar, the chachma nikra ma'ayan. That Bina is representative of an individualized stream and a flow of water, while chachma is representative of an over-inundation of water devoid of particularity. Kiadua v'huha nikra iyun, she'omer al-davar ha-muskol u-ma'ayan bo-harbe, that a person understands the interiority of an idea and stands upon it a lot. And the Mitla Rebbe goes on to say, he says that this quality, this epistemological quality of Bina, it's the stationary status of the mind. It's stopping the mind in its action. It's not allowing the mind to descend into the kaliyut of the mem, but rather forcing oneself to descend through an act of gevura tasechel, through a strengthening and a potentiation of the mind to stand and say, no, I am going to place a limit here to my thought, and I am going to understand the pratyut ha-davar, shehu ha-ikov that it is the prevention, which is the opposite of the speed of the mind associated with the osmem. Because in order to come onto the depths of the idea, as it exists in its essence of its interiority, that that's only through... Bina, that's only through descending and being mitbonein from Lashon Bina. And he goes on to say in a profound way, hitbonenut benun hakfula, that Bina, when we look at the word hitbonein or hitbonenus, there's two nuns in there. Again, identifying the osnun with the concept of Bina. And lastly, as Rabbi Nachman writes in Torah Aleph and throughout Lukut Maran, whenever he discusses the Osnun, he quotes a Rashi where he says that Mipnei Shemesh Yanun Shemo, and Rashi says that Yanun, the lesson of Nun, is going to be the idea of Malchus. And in Torah Aleph, what Rabbi Nachman describes is that there's Chachma, which is the transcendent idea as representative of the Mem, and only through the nun, only through the particularization and the capacity to receive something in its minimal form and its broken up form, are we capable of actually understanding it. Now, Baruch Hashem, I had a, a remez that I found last night. We, we see from Rav Tzadok, and this is L'Iloi Nishmaso, L'Iloi Nishmas Rav Tzadok, HaKohen Milablin, Olam, that Rav Tzadok was always interested in identifying the root source of an idea. And he builds an idea that whenever you find the first instantiation of an idea within the Torah, there lies its source. The Vilna Gon made a big asik out of this as well. Now, I haven't seen this in Rav Tzadok or any other tzaddikim, but the first nun in the Torah, the first nun sofit is in the word bain. That lahavdil bain or ubein hachoshech. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to separate and distinguish between the light and the darkness. That again, Nun is representative of the word Bain. The first instantiation and representation of the word, of the letter Nun, is in the word Bain, which again has a clear and obvious association with the word Bina, because Bina and Bain are, are nearly the same word, the same Shoresh. That the Nun is representative of the separation between light and darkness. That although it appears to be a breaking between the continuity and the university of things, it allows us to distinguish between levels so that we can emerge with a deeper understanding. And the first letter of the nun in its non-Sophite form, the regular nun, is Yom HaSheni. And Chazal tell us that on the second day, there's no Kitov because Machlokas was born on that day. That Bina is the birth of Machlokas. Bina is the birth of separation and differentiation that allows for a unified totality to emerge in a stronger way afterwards. 
Now, with those introductions and our understanding of the Osnun and the Seer of Bina as the emergence of particularity from within the universal Klal, which although it appears to be in the Fila and the Avoda of the Nachash, Chas v'shalom, nevertheless can allow us to emerge and disclose and grasp a deeper level of unity, we're going to see the words of Rav Kook. Rav Kook writes as follows in the Osnun. Hanun b'mivta'a mifanehi et hegyonenu el ha'or ha'chayim asher hu mizdarech b'nekudot ha'miyuchadot. That the nun, in its expressed form, so here Rav Kook is talking about the enunciation of the nun. He's not talking about the shape of the nun yet, but rather how nun sounds in our words. Hanun b'mivta'a, in its expression, mifanehi et hegyonenu, it clears our minds, and on an epistemological level it allows, and it makes room, el ha'or ha'chayim asher hu mizdarech b'nekudot ha'miyuchadot, to be ready to accept the light of life that is expressed, specifically in particular points, not in the generality and the flowing waters of the Osmem, but rather the particular points, from within the storehouse of flowing generality that rests at the core of the Mem. Because again, we cannot understand the Nun without that which precedes it, which is the Mem. Hamusagim hatsiurim hachafetzim v'hashe'ifot behit gazmam yachad. Now Rav Kook here is again reiterating the value of the mem, which is the unification and the totality of everything together, the unity of the ideas and the images and the desires and the she'ifot, the yearnings, behit gazmam yachad, as they emerge together into one flowing state of water, behit nasam limrome ha'achlala, as they elevate themselves to the heights of universality and, and containment within one flow of a klal, as they are expressed in their particular forms, that flows and, and murmurs, as we saw, the Osmem stands on a level of generality and universality that is devoid of any particular grasp. That omedet ba fisa pratit, we have no ability to grasp it in its particularity and therefore to understand it in a way that is shaykh to us as balechuva, as people who don't operate at the realm of the klal, but rather operate in the state of nefila, uh, of the nun. Now, umikoach hatsura ha'amitza, now Rav Kook is returning back to the koach of the nun, from the strength of the courageous tsura, the gavura, the source of Vura of Bina, Nikudot Chayim Rabim Lirvavot En Mitzpar Mitgalim, that multiple and manifold, countless points of particularity begin to emerge. Dage Hayam, the fish of the sea, which again is the Aramaic word used to describe fish. Nune Hayam is Dage Hayam, the fish of the sea. Betawar Mu'ufal Hine Mitraim, Bisfasa Targum Hashoeves Es Ora Mehamakorita Esana, Mitgale Tochen Hadagi Hanun. Here Rav Kook is returning back to what we introduced in, in the letter Aleph, that Nun is the translation of fish. It is not the 
original language of fish. It is not the Lashon HaKodesh of fish. It is not the Lashon of Dag. Because again, like we said in Os Aleph, Lashon HaKodesh represents the thing in itself, that which remains inaccessible to the grasp of particularity. The Mem and the unifying waters remain removed from our ability to identify any particular existence within the Klaliut of the Mem, within the Yam HaChachma, within the waters of the sea. But in order to disclose particularity, we have to grasp it by way of translation, the translational idiom, translational consciousness. The avoda of Targum doesn't only mean translating from one language to another, but it's representative of the descent away from clarity into mu'urfal, into the darkness. But specifically there in the darkness, we have the ability to elevate the fallen language and identify particularity. The descent into particularity seems like a darkening of the klal, seems like a movement away from the light of the, the klal, but in its essence, it's an aspect of translation. So it removes, removes from the panim of Lashon HaKodesh, from the face level, expressed level of the Lashon HaKodesh of the Holy Tongue, but nevertheless, it manifests and is grasped by us by way of Targum. And Targum from Avkuk is just consciousness. All of consciousness is in a state of slumber, is in a state of translation, is not expressed in its full expression until the coming of Mashiach. So the Dage Hayam are only expressed but Toarm Urfal, in an expression that is darkened, they emerge. Besvasa Targum, in the language of translation, that draws its strength from the light of originality. The quality of fish, the particularization within the klaliyut and the generality of water is disclosed. The expression of life in its manifoldness and its particularity that at first glance appears to be removed from unity. Again, why the nun is associated with danger, why bina is associated with dinim, is because it allows us to see differentiation is because we're no longer stuck in a state of unity. So we see different parts of things. And when a person sees different parts of things, then we run the risk of saying, oh, there's disunity within reality. That's the danger of the nun shari bina. That's the danger of the emergence of particular identities from within the infinite that remains undifferentiated in its source. Rav Kook continues, and he says, The expression of manifold life, mitocha otzar hamazir, from within the shining storehouse, kulo that the expression of manifoldness and differentiation and particularity and suffering and pain and disclarity and, and fallenness and all of the ideas that we associate with our day-to-day existence as members of the Balchuva movement in its truest form as expressed by the sphere of Bina, that as it moves away from the unified fullness of, of Chachma, that there's a battle taking place here. And here Rav Kook is going to be coming on to the shape of the Osnun, which is going to be on the top, it's going to be the form of the Zion. And on the bottom, it's going to be the form of a Chaf. Now, this is where Rav Kook becomes difficult in the Sefer, that we have to really remember the shapes of the letters. That Zion, as we saw in the Os Zion, are Zayne HaMachama. They're the tools that the Machatz Dechakla, that the threshers of the field use to emerge unscathed within the field of Pnimiya Satora, where we're able to 
to cut through the thicket that separates the ideal from its real reality, where a person might say mayim mayim, where a person like Rabbi Akiva warns his tamidim, and Rabbi Nachman expresses so beautifully in Torah Mem, in Nun Aleph, that don't say water, water, don't say that there's duality, even though it looks like there's duality. Rav Kook here is saying that in order to descend into the particularity of the Osnun from within the universality of the Osmem, we need weapons. We need to be girded and armed to properly descend into particularity. So the Nun of Nefila, which Chazal determined shouldn't be placed in Ashray because of its danger, because of its association with the Nachash, because of its association with temptation and sin and transgression and all the things that we associate with negativity. Now, Rav Kook says we need a weapon, which is going to be the Zion part of the Nun, the upper part of the Nun. Rav Kook says as follows. He says, This emergence of particularity forces life to emerge into a war, a battle. There's a difficult transition here. With the weapons of battle of the Os Zion, the wars of Hashem, the Olam Hamada Vahamusar. And here Rav Kook is the most Rav Kook, because Rav Kook over here is only capable of recognizing this battle, this descent away from clarity into doubtful nature of things. He finds this in every level of existence. This battle is waged in the world of science and in the world of ethics, in the world of art and in the world of spirituality, in the world of logic and in the world of poetry. And all that is born out of it, all of its flowerings and all of its growths, this battle between universal and particular, between light and darkness, between Chachma and Bina, between Mayim and Nahar, between the ocean and the particular fish in the ocean, between the unlimited aspect of a Kaddish Baruch and limitation, between Or Ein Sof and Simsum, between the Zachar and the Nakeva, all of this expresses itself on every level of existence. Zos tavlit siras hazayin shebenun berosha. This is the expression, this is the sign of the shape of the Zion at the head of the nun. And now Rav Kook is going to be discussing the bottom part of the nun, which is half of a chaf. Half of a chaf, and as we discussed in the Os Chaf, chaf represented, as we saw, the preparation towards action, the kaf hapoel, the hand that emerges and ready to act within reality. It is not action itself. It was not the full manifestation, which we'll see in the tough at the end of the Aleph phase, but it was when action stood at the ready, when everything was prepared after, after the Os Yud, when everything was nichlal again in the Nakuda Katana, Rav Kook brings us to the Os Chaf, which was the preparation of action which was where Bina was receiving the fullness of the expression of Keser. And Rav Kook says as follows, and the side that is representative of the Kaf that is at the bottom of the Nun, it doesn't represent for us the fullness of action, and its limitation, that the Nun allows us to recognize, and particularly the Chalik of the Nun, that looks like the Chaf, allows us to find within each and every part, within each and every particular that emerges in the descent away from the waters of the Mem into the rivers of the Nun, into that Nefila, Miklal de Ta'a, from that mistaken recognition of the Klal, which allows us to stand upon the Pratiyut of Iyun and the Hitbonunut, Benun Hakfula, like the Mitla Rebbe showed us, that this 
reveals to us the light of life that is expressed and contained within each and every prat. That the proper understanding of Bina allows us to understand the sugya of Hamtaka Sadinim Bisharasham. That only when we identify the fact that every Nun Hayam, every fish, is still connected to the clarity and the universality and the unity of the waters in their wholeness, only then are we able to have the emergence into particularity without falling into darkness of mavas. And Rav Kook continues and he says, all of this is done, as everything stands up already to express itself in its particular shape, into the manifoldness of existence, into all the differentiation and all the, the categories of being, Shall olame olamim of worlds upon worlds, ain kates without limit. Tior chamishim sha'are bina. This is the expression of the fifty gates of bina. This is the expression of fifty ways of understanding. The fact that chachma in its kliyut descends into fifty different ways of understanding of elu elu divrei elokim chayim. Elokim chayim, the Zohar tells us, is identified with the sphere of bina because the awareness that each and every idea expressed is still representative of the same unified whole. That's only through bina. Because Eilu Eilu, the fact that there are these and those, is only after we descend into the particularity and into the brokenness of Bina. As we saw, the first instantiation of the Os Nun was the word Bain, and the next instantiation of the word Nun was the word Shani, both of which represent the idea of fragmentation and division, which then allows for a formation of a greater strength of the whole. Makor Yitzira Sanishamos, the source of the formation of souls. As we said, Bina is representative of the womb where each particular identity, which each particular experience, which each moment emerges from. And it's only by identifying the source of the Nun, recognizing that the Nun comes from the Mem, that Bina comes from Chachma, that Chacham Bina and Bina B'Chachma, as is expressed at length in the Mitla Rebbe over here and in the Soar and in all the Svarim HaKadoshim, that only when we understand where particularity comes from can we understand how the particular can give birth to a greater strength of unity, that the Koya HaGvul from within the Gvul allows us to understand unity in a greater level. As we're going to see next week, Bezra Hashem, by the Osamech, this is going to be a sugya that's very close to my heart. It's going to be associated with the Butsina de Cardenusa, this first level of Gvura as it manifests as the loftiest level of creation, how Bina actually expresses itself into the, the actual realm, how we deal with Gavura in the actual realm and how we deal with limitation.